Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Papua New Guinea Rugby League says stability will remain despite a major departure. We update progress on the All Blacks Samoa Rugby Test in Apia and preview the Oceania Wrestling Championships. But first, preparations for the 2017 Pacific Mini Games in Vanuatu are in doubt in the aftermath of Cyclone Pam. Demolition work was due to begin on the main stadium in Port Vila this week, but has now been put on hold. The chief executive of the 2017 Mini Games, Joe Bomalicalo, says Port Vila has been flattened in the last few days, causing major damage to the game's venues. The impact is absolutely devastating. We'll see how it pans out uh, when all this cleanup is all done with. The government will have to come back to the drawing board, as it were, and, and decide from then on whether we move ahead with this or what decision it is to make within the hierarchy of the government at the top. The entire 2017 games is basically in Port Villa, isn't it? And uh, by all accounts, it's you know taken a hell of a hammering. So, uh, I mean, that's put you back quite a bit in your progress. As it is, uh, I'm at the office right in the centre of town, and uh, the town is completely flattened. And uh, I need to find a way to get to the stadium because the road blocks everywhere. The top power lines are down. Uh, it's devastating. So uh, the stadium is supposed to be coming down this week to make me for the the Chinese team to come start building the uh, the new complex. Now I'm not sure we're going from here. As soon as we, all this can clear out, you know, we'll see where we're going from there. So that's the the Cornyn complex. That's going to be the main stadium, the main venue, isn't it, for the games? That's the main venue for the for the games, uh, the common complex. Uh, there's the renovation of the uh, the cricket ground, the archery, uh, the, uh, the tennis courts, uh, the beach volleyball courts. So it, it's a major. It's going to take time, uh, and uh, we'll see how it goes as soon as all this clears up. Prior to any of this from Cyclone Pam, were you on course? Was everything going according to schedule in terms of when you know venues were going to be completed and all that? It's going to be behind time, so uh, it's touch and go from here on. Uh, it was to have taken place late in the year, but we've been working with the, the aid owners, with the Chinese uh, government, through uh, the Chinese embassy here. The team was in, in fact in Vanuatu um, two months ago, obviously the designs and the buildings and all that so that's on the drawing board and we're waiting to get the place cleared for the work to begin as soon as possible uh, because it's uh, it's quite a major task ahead of us in reality is that with the way it is in the face of Port Villa down being flattened uh, on its face it's going to be quite a, a part of a task to try and see who we're going what about the financial impact? Obviously the government is supporting uh, Vassanok and putting on these games uh, for the region uh, as with everything else within Vanuatu, uh, you know, not just the sporting venues, but, you know, it's obviously a very expensive rebuild and a, a lot of damage, uh, and it's, you know, all going to take time and money to repair. Yes, the financial implication is the, the major issue here because most of the, the running of the games will be on the, the Vanuatu government, and it's kind of have a priority on its task and priorities, not sport priorities, more getting country back on track uh, nationally with the economic down and all that, then the start cyclone. It's really, it's a, it's a fundamental task to move ahead from here.
as they're going to be forerun of all this issue, uh, we'll get all this sorted out our end and see our houses in order before we move ahead with anything in the region level. So uh, it's really back, as I said, to the drawing board of what's happening with 2017 Games. That's the Chief Executive of the 2017 Pacific Mini Games, Joe Bomalcalo. The Papua New Guinea Rugby Football League says arrangements are in place to ensure stability remains following the sudden resignation of CEO Brad Tassel. Tassel quit last week saying he's been the target of a constant and malicious campaign against him and received death threats against him and his family. The PNG RFL board accepted Tassel's resignation at an emergency board meeting and Chairman Sanders Saka told Koro Vakauta that they were sad to see him go. He's given many years of service to the sport and the country, and so we respect his uh, decisions. We, we respect his decisions. The PNJRFL uh, board actually accepted his decision today, and we've moved forward to make interim arrangements within our management within PNJRFL to ensure that uh, we have uh, stability and continuity in the interim while uh, we start the processes to find a new CEO for the PNJRFL. In terms of the issues that led to Mr Tassel's resignation, how long have you and the board been aware of the issues? Rugby League in Papua New Guinea is a national sport. And like any public office in PNG, the level of scrutiny and attention public figures are put under is a lot. Uh, with the introduction of social media uh, as sort of empowered or given voice to people that did not have a voice and the issue with the social media in PNG unlike in maybe New Zealand or Australia is that it's it's largely unregulated in that anybody can get a SIM card or hashtags or anonymity is a vehicle that is used to drive personal grudges or drive social media campaigns to tarnish people's reputation or it happens in this country all the time, and Brad has made his decision. He's decided to put his family, health, and all those issues first. So we, at the board level, we respect his judgments. What he's called a constant and malicious campaign, has this been going on for a while? It happens to everybody in this country. You have to live in this country to know how the people in this country react to public office. So I, you know, his recent series, I, I don't really want to comment on but uh, Brad has done a lot for rugby league and the people of this country in the four years that he's been CEO. And what is more important to the PNJRFL board is not really to dwell on the past, but to you know continue the good work that Brad and the team have started and to build on that and build rugby league. So in terms of that good work, what has this resignation done for the day-to-day operations of the PNG RFL? How is that going to work or operate? In the interim, we've got uh, offices within the organisation uh, we have been put in place to ensure that there's stability and continuity in our programs. Uh, PNJRFL employs a staff of about 36 offices throughout the country and in Port Mosby, so internal arrangements have been made to ensure their stability and continuity in our programs. It says that Mr Tassel has been seeking legal advice. Is the PNGRFL doing the same or involved in that? That's his prerogative. Uh, if he wants to seek uh, legal advice, to clear his name uh, or to protect his interest, that is prerogative and we respect that. Can you uh, reassure the, the PNG public and, and fans that uh, the body, I guess, is unified? The PNG RFL board is unified. We have consulted all our stakeholders, our partners. We have staff throughout the country within the Antis program, the King Kumo program, and the PNG RFL as an organization 
is in fact uh, our CEO has resigned. So I think the head of the family brings some disruption, but uh, the board has moved to ensure that there's stability and continuity in our program. So yes, uh, the RFL and rugby league family in the country is united. Fans have no reason to be concerned. Uh, I'm the chairman, but the, and the game is bigger than me. I can die tomorrow, but that does not mean rugby league will cease. People come and go, you know, we hold responsible offices, but while we're in here, we do a bit, and uh, the game will still travel. You know, issues may come up, but that's the thing. The people in our team must act to ensure that there's stability and continuity and this board is done there. What is the process for appointing a, a replacement now? The board has uh, approved for us to engage a professional HR firm to advertise both domestically and internationally to find a suitable CEO as a branch replacement. Finally, Mr. Sacker, is there any message you would like to give the rugby league public of PNG in terms of this this incident and uh, the future as well? It's unfortunate that uh, you know situations of that and that have led to bad uh, resignation. But the game is united, the board is united, and we're uh, seeking to bring stability and continuity back into our programs. Uh, we're in consultation with all our stakeholders, partners, and the government, and uh, we receive support importantly from all our partners on the importance and the continuity of our programs. Uh, we're also in consultation with the NRL in Australia and the International Rugby League Federation, who have offered to assist if we need help. But in the interim, uh, we've advised that we've been uh, internal process to ensure that we've approved our budget and programs for this year. So, you know, we've started the rollout of all our programs there in motion. So uh, we just need to ensure that there's uh, stability and continuity and we'll move to move to instill those. So over the next few days, we'll be continuing our programs and seeking the support of all our stakeholders to ensure that uh, we continue with uh, uh, the work we've been doing. That's the chairman of the PNG Rugby League Federation, Sandus Saka. The Samoa Rugby Union says progress remains steady in the countdown to the historic test against the All Blacks in July. A New Zealand rugby delegation visited Apia last month and identified concerns about the drainage at Apia Park as well as risks related to an outbreak of the chikungunya virus. The interim CEO of the Samoa Rugby Union, Faleo Mavainga Vincent Fapuliai, says all matters are being handled as best they can. We're working very hard to meet our timelines and uh, try to sort a lot of technical issues with the New Zealand Rugby Union. And things are progressing uh, with regards to the chikungunya uh, outbreak. That's something out of our control. We can't really control uh, that, but the uh, explanations from uh, National Health has already been uh, uh, passed on to New Zealand Rugby Union. With regards to Apia Park, there's work still going in progress at the moment, uh, issues with the pitch and uh, with safety issues. We are addressing those now and uh, we're dealing with them uh, together with the contractors and the uh, owners of Apia Park at the moment. So it's just work in progress at the moment. Uh, hopefully that... Uh, a handover back to us in uh, end of May, early June would be uh, uh, would have sorted out everything. But at the moment, we're working closely. All the three parties, including World Rugby, are working together to to make sure that uh, everything happens as according to the uh, tours agreement. One of the issues was, I think, a, a concrete block, wasn't it? That was some concern for New Zealand Rugby. Is it just going to be covered, or what, what plan is there to to deal with it? Uh, it's going to be covered, and uh, the uh, our contractors and the uh, stakeholders uh, involved in the whole thing, uh, some sports facility, uh, 
who are the owners of Apia Park. So we've given them uh, a clear uh, understanding and the level of uh, uh, what we required for safety issues of, with the players. So that's been addressed at the moment. So uh, we're dealing with that at the moment. Are there any more visits from New Zealand rugby staff? I think Darren Shan, the manager, often goes up prior to matches. Will you have any other visits prior to the test? Yes, there'll be visits again. Uh, Darren Shand is expected to come at some stage uh, towards the end of this month or early next month. And there'll be another technical visit uh, sometime in April from New Zealand Rugby. And of course, uh, what the fans want to know the most, especially the local fans in Samoa that have never seen the All Blacks play uh, in their country, is they want to know what it's going to cost and how they're going to get their seat in the stands to watch the game. Um, I understand the, the cheapest tickets are going to be about 50 Tailaras, is that right? The uh, the cheapest ticket general entry at the moment is about 40 tala, and the uh, we've just finalised that. At the moment, it's gone to print. All the tickets for the game goes to print uh, as we're speaking, and uh, we're hoping to meet our, our deadline uh, for the launch on Monday the 23rd. So uh, at this point in time, uh, uh, we're progressing well with that, and uh, we're liaising very closely with New Zealand Rugby Union also. So tickets hopefully go on sale on Monday. Who, who's eligible? How do local fans get them? How many will be for New Zealand fans wanting to come over to Samoa? How, how do you balance that out? Uh, all the tickets for the match locally will be sold here in Samoa, apart from the allocations being allocated to uh, New Zealand Rugby Union for their uh, for the New Zealand Rugby Union. So that will be sent to New Zealand and sold through the New Zealand Rugby Union outlets. And what's the total capacity of the ground going to be? Uh, at this stage, point in time, including the seated and uh, open stands and whatnot, is uh, looking at about a 12,000 capacity. And uh, if 40 Talar is the cheapest ticket, what's the most expensive? Uh, the cheapest ticket is the general entry at 40 Talar, and uh, the centre stand, we're looking at uh, 500 Talar, and the side stand at 300 Talar, and then some other seated stand on the other side at 200 and 100 Tala. So for a typical Manu Samoa match in the past, something like the Nations Cup or whatnot, I think 50 Tala was often the most expensive ticket. Uh, so this is obviously a significant jump for a lot of these higher-priced tickets. Is that just a reality of what happens when you bring a team like the All Blacks over? And how affordable do you think some of these seats are going to be for local Samoan rugby fans? I think uh, because of the capacity of the field and the demand, uh, and we try as much as we can to uh, to uh, accommodate everybody, but we couldn't. And uh, with a cash-strapped union like uh, Manu Samoa, uh, the rugby union, Samoa Rugby Union, we're trying to uh, recover our costs uh, in terms of hosting the All Blacks. And also at the same time, I mean, the demand is there for a lot of the demand is from New Zealand. And typically, I think we wanted to restrict as, as much as we can in terms of overseas tickets because a lot of our locals wanted to, to watch the game. Uh, New Zealand wanted to uh, take as many tickets as they can. But uh, unfortunately, with the capacity of the uh, Apia Park is only about 12,000. How many of those 12,000 seats will be for locals? The general entry we were selling is looking about 4,000. The uh, capacity uh, otherwise would be, we're looking at probably uh, 60% of it will be local and the other 40% will probably be tickets sold for people coming overseas.
and if obviously not all locals are going to be able to be in the ground for the match, but will there be other opportunities like coaching clinics or just meet and greets with the players, you know, in the days leading up at all, so people will yes, get a chance they, to see uh, the players? The, uh, our sponsors are organising live screens to certain spots, one in Savai and one by the park, so people who won't be able to get to the game will be able to see the game. And uh, there are also issues with... Uh, we're working at the moment with... Uh, uh, our local broadcasters here, so probably a delayed telecast of the match. And uh, there is a, a draft program of the All Blacks while they're here, so that's been uh, under discussion through New Zealand Rugby Union, so we're awaiting their approval. That's the interim CEO of the Samoa Rugby Union, Faleo Mavaiinga Vincent Fapuliai. The Oceania Wrestling Championships get underway in the Marshall Islands this week. Cadet, Junior and Senior Championships will take place in Majuro, with men contesting both Freestyle and Greco-Roman, and the women competing in the Freestyle event. The Secretary-General of the Marshall Islands National Olympic Committee, Terry Sasser, is organising the three-day event, which is being staged in the Micronesian country for the first time. We've got the Ocean Championships themselves, and we also have a UWW coaching course, as well as a referee course. So between everything going on, we've got... Uh, 16 different Pacific Island countries, uh, but we also got uh, international refs coming in for the Korean. Uh, are sending a delegation of four for the, the refs, and we've got Davor Penacek from uh, Croatia coming in to run that course. And, and so we've definitely got a full house, uh, an international house at that. And uh, obviously the freestyle, I think both men and women are competing in that across the three uh, divisions uh, and, and the women are competing uh, in freestyle as well. Um, sorry, and the men are also competing in in the, in the Greco and the Roman. Um, is this part of a greater qualification? Is there something that if you do well this week that you can uh, qualify for down the line? I know it's a qualification for the World Championships, which ultimately go to Rio 2016. Um, and I, I believe there are six places UWW will be giving Oceania Wrestling to select their best wrestlers out of those six that will be paid to go to the World Championships later on this year. And so it's a big one. This is this is the road. This is where kind of the road to Rio begins. Very much everything to play for. So uh, plenty on the line and, and plenty of reason for these athletes uh, from the region to do well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is it. I mean, they've uh, been able to see the, uh, all the kids that are at the warm-up uh, and the practice venue and I mean, everybody's very serious about this, and, and they see what's what's on the line here. And uh, I woke up at 5:30 to come over, and there was already some Narun athletes uh, in the gym practicing at 5:30 in the morning. So it's going to be a very competitive. And I think with the UWW people here on site, and Korean delegates, and and uh, people from Europe, you know, everybody wants to make a good show. We've got colored lights, we've got loud music, we've got you know, huge PAs. And, I mean, that's part of the thing that uh, was missing. And UWW is definitely, as a host, as the organizing committee, they've mandated that we really uh, deliver games that are not only professional but entertaining. That's Terry Sasser from the Marshall Islands National Olympic Committee. The Fiji women's sevens team scored twice in the final 70 seconds to overhaul Spain 17 points to 12 and win the bowl title in Atlanta. The result matched the Fijianas' victory over Spain in the bowl final at the Sao Paulo sevens last month and avenged a defeat to the same team in pool play a day earlier. Fiji rugby star Namani Nandolo has been named the Digicel Pacific Islands Players Player of the Year for 2014. 
Tevita Halai Fonua was named Tongan Player of the Year, and Khan Fotuali from Samoa was named their Player of the Year. And the Fiji golfer Vijay Singh has returned to form with a top 10 finish at the PGA Tour's Valspar Championship in Florida. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.